All right, let's look at the Regaining Purpose series today. Uh, again, Jeremiah 20 and 9 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. There are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a purpose, a future, and a hope. That's what we're doing, trying to regain our purpose where we've kind of lost it. Let me, uh, how many of you are familiar and old enough to remember Dear Abby in the newspaper? There's a lot of really good theological lessons in Dear Abby. Here's one here. It was from 1989. It said, It was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall that I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool, dry air. It was fall, but it was winter I wanted. The beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter. But it was the spring I wanted, the warmth and blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted, the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted, to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but I wanted to be 20 again, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but the middle age I wanted, the presence of mind without limitation, my life was over because I never got what I wanted. Isn't that true to a lot of people? My life's over because I never got what I wanted. I wasn't satisfied with anything. What do you think cows stick their head through the barbed wire fence thinking the grass is better on the other side? I mean, we as humans do a lot of that same thing. Now, what brings you contentment? Uh, there's a difference between spiritual, eternal contentment and a comparison to what is human and fleshly contentment. Fleshly contentment, something like this. If I lose 30 pounds, I'll be content. No, I won't. In three, six months, it'll be back again with more. If I eat a buffet meal, I'll be content. No, I won't, because tomorrow I want another buffet meal. If I get my dream vacation, then I will be content. No, you'll get home and forget all about it. Or if I hit the lottery, oh, I'll be content. No, it's only temporary. History has proven that most people who hit the lottery loses it all within a couple of years, including their family and their friends. So a lot of what we consider contentment that would make us very content is nothing more than, than just temporary. Fleshly contentment, often leads to stagnation and to apathy. Now, in case you wonder, apathy means you don't care. A preacher got up to preach one time, and he says, I'm telling you, I think the two problems we got in this church is lack of wisdom, people not knowing, and apathy. And one guy was asleep over here, and he said, wake him up. He said, what did I just say about what was the two biggest problems in church? He said, I don't know and I don't care. That's what we got a lot of problems with today, you know. So some people look and say, well, I would get involved in church, but it's no use. Or I've done my part, now it's time for the younger people to do their part. We get content a lot of times for the wrong reason here. But true contentment, we're going to see, is only found in one source, and that source is Christ Jesus. That's going to be the source of our contentment because the Lord is sufficient. The, different, the, de, the dictionary describes, uh, defines contentment as happiness, satisfaction, freedom from discomfort, and from care. Now, all of those things are dependent upon the externals. It's, it's dependent upon the circumstances we face, upon the relationships we're in, upon the things that go on around us. That's what that kind of contentment is dependent upon. But biblically, 
Contentment is an eternal settled peace from within. It is the internal and not the external. The source of our contentment is not on circumstances and not on outside relationship, but it's on Jesus. Let's begin reading in verse number 10 as we pray. Lord, open our eyes to be able to see and our ears to be able to hear. But God, most of all, open our heart because we need to receive this today to understand how much we need contentment that's only found in Jesus. Amen. Verse number 10, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, but now, now, that now at the last your care that has made me flourished again, wherein you're also, we are also thankful, but ye lack opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am in herewith to be content. I know both how to be abased or lifted up, and to how to be abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and yet be hungry, both to abound and yet suffer need, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I added a couple of injected words there of maybe adjectives or something, but that's the word of God. Now, let's look and see where the contentment lies in Christ, okay? First of all, you can have contentment in your position with Christ. In your position with Christ. Notice verse number 10. I rejoice in what? The Lord greatly. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. I mean, Paul had a settled peace that he was in the Lord and he could rejoice because he was in the Lord. Now, I'm going back to another passage of Scripture. I'm going to spend a few minutes there. If you want to turn with me to that before we come back to Philippians, it's in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 4 through 7. This is the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, so it must be true. Amen? Okay. He said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except you abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Then he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For with me, without me, you can do nothing. Now if a man not in me, he's cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, let's divide these verses here for just a minute, okay? Look at verse number four that I read. We're going to see three statements from the Lord that are very important to us today as it was on that day. The three statements are this. Number one, he said, abide in me. Number two, he said, abide in the vine. And number three, again, he says, abide in me. All three of those statements in that verse shows an attachment that belongs to Christ Jesus. Then we go to the next verse, verse number five. We see three more statements. He said, I am the vine, number one. Abide in me, number two. And number three, I in you. Again, showing that attachment that we can only have in Christ Jesus. Then we go to verse number six, and we see three consequences if we do not have that attachment in Jesus, okay? This is what happens. You are withered, number one. You're cast into the fire, number two. And number three, you're burned. 
Now you see the consequences of not abiding in Christ Jesus and having that relationship. That's consequences I don't want to have. Do you? No. Now go to verse number 7 and he will expand on those three statements that he's been making. Again, these three statements. Again, number one, abide in me. But he takes it in a different direction. He said, and my words abide in you. Then he even takes it further. Then he says, you can ask and it'll be done to you. Number one, abide in me. Number two, let my words abide in you. Number three, you can ask what you want and you can have it because you have that connection to Christ Jesus. Apart from him, apart from the connection to him, you do not have these things. You're no more than a branch of wood that is withered and dead. It's gathered up by men. It's thrown in the fire and it's burned, which means it is absolutely useless. It's bearing no fruit and it is no benefit. That's a professing child of God who is not abiding in Christ, who is not letting Christ abide in him, who is not letting the word of God abide in him and not seeking God's will in prayer and in study. That's what happened to that kind of professing Christian. Do you want to be that kind of professing Christian? No, I want that kind that has that, that pure, that pure contentment in the Lord by knowing that I'm abiding in him. It's kind of like we want to draw from ourselves sometimes. When I was, when my kids were little, I read them a book quite a bit. It's kind of new agey, okay? How many of you have read your kids, The Little Engine That Could? Oh, you know, that's kind of new agey because you sat there and you, the little engine, he couldn't push up the hill, he couldn't get up the hill, he couldn't pull the, the load up the hill, and he kept pretty well saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, and finally he pushed up the hill. Let me tell you, as much as you think you can, you can't. You have to allow Christ to do it in and through you, which we're going to see at the very end of this passage today. You just can't make it by yourself. I don't care how much you think contentment lies in things, people, or circumstances. It does not. It only lies in Christ Jesus. So we, everything rises and falls on our connection to Jesus. Your position, your position for true contentment is not in things, circumstances, yourself, or anyone else. It's all being in Christ. The question is, are you in Christ and is Christ in you? That's the contentment we have in the position we have with Christ Jesus. Number two, verse number 11, the next verse. It is your contentment and your perspective in life. How you see life. Now I want you to know something. You will see life differently when you're a child of God than when you're not a child of God. And you will see life differently when you are in complete fellowship with God than when you're out of fellowship with God. So a lot has to do with our perspective in Christ Jesus. Verse number 11, Whatsoever or whatsoever state, which means circumstance, you are in, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be contentment. Contentment's not on the other side of the fence. Contentment is not in the green grass of your neighbor. It's probably built over a septic tank. You don't want to go there. Contentment is not in what your neighbor's got. Your contentment is not further down the road, just out of reach. And I'll tell you one thing that Christians, so-called Christians today have a problem with. Your contentment is not in the church down the road. Are you with me? Your contentment is not in the church down the road. Oh, you don't understand, preacher. It's got more pizzazz. Come on now. The Spirit of God dwells in you. 
not only in them, but in you. Oh, they have more things going on than we have. Oh, come on now. We've got going on exactly what you allow God to do through you. So, you know, that's true contentment. It's, we get a different perspective on life when we're in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why. A few circumstances, a few statements here. Okay, number one. I have, I have contentment right now in my perspective life because this. Jesus is mine now. Jesus is mine now. Not after I die. Not when we determine after some sort of purgatory or something like that. Jesus is mine right now. Romans 10, 13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I did that as a seven-year-old boy. I know I'm saved, and you're not going to persuade me differently. I have Jesus, and I have him right now. And number two, I have eternal life right now. Oh, no, you don't, preacher. Oh, yes, I do. 1 John 5, 11, 12 said this is the record. This is the truth. And that is that God has given to us eternal life. And that life's in His Son. He that has the Son has life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. I got Him. I accepted Him as my Savior at seven years old. I got Jesus. So if I've got Jesus, I've got eternal life. And you're not going to talk me out of that either. I've got eternal life right now. And also I have the promise of heaven right now. 1 Peter 1 and 4 says, Whereby? We're given unto us great and exceeding promises, precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It changes our attitude. It changes our perspective because we've got Jesus right now. We've got eternal life right now. We've got a heaven in our future right now. All of that. I don't have to lay down in fear at night and not be able to sleep thinking I'm going to wind up in hell tomorrow because I'm not. I don't have to lay down and sleep in fear tonight thinking, boy, I wish I knew Jesus as my Savior like other people say they do. I don't have to. I know him. This is eternal truth that will give you absolute contentment in Christ knowing that you see life differently through him. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you according to His promise. So there's contentment in the position we have in Christ Jesus and there's contentment in the perspective we have in life through Christ Jesus. Number three, we go to the next verse, verse 12. There is contentment in your priorities in Jesus. Your priorities. Verse 12 says, I know how to handle lowness or abased. I know how to handle abundance. I know how both to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. Isn't it amazing that each generation that comes along raises the contentment bar? It takes more to be content for them in life than the last generation. But when we think about the next generation that follows us, what's it going to take to make them content? The only thing that's going to make them content is their priority in life is it Jesus. Now, for us today that claim to be saved, there are two tools that you can look at and examine and see if your priorities is in Christ with the contentment the priorities make. Number one, look at your calendar. See what kind of activities you're involved in. That'll tell you what your priorities are in life. Number two, look at your checkbook. See where your money's spent. See how much goes to the Lord and His ministry and how much goes to things. That'll tell you where your priorities lie. 
That'll tell you whether your priorities lie in Christ Jesus or not. We learn through those that true contentment is trusting God no matter what. Being true to Him and true to His Word. Therefore, if we, it'll get our priorities straight. We'll have contentment in our position in Christ Jesus. We'll have contentment in our perspective in life through Christ Jesus. And we'll have our contentment through the priorities in life that we hold true to. Then fourthly, in verse 14... There is contentment in the power of Jesus. Contentment in the power of Jesus. 14, man, this is a verse you ought to put on your coffee cup, you ought to put on your sun visor, you ought to put on your refrigerator. It says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can't do all things through self-help books. I can't do all things through positive thinking. I can only do all things through Christ Jesus that gives us the strength. Now, Matthew 28, 15, to set this in order, Jesus says, as he's ascending back to heaven, he says these words, all power. How much? All. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So who has all power? Jesus has all power. So then we go to verse 14 here. So I can do all things through Christ. Who has all power? Jesus has all power. So I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now you may say, well, how do I do this? How do I do that? Pray for God to give you the ability to do this or to do that. Because you won't be able to do it on his own. You've got to draw your power from the source. And the source is Jesus and his word abiding in him and his word abiding in you. We need to be tapped in to the power source. Are you getting it? Priorities? First of all, the contentment is in Jesus, right? The contentment you can have is in your position of Jesus. Hopefully you know that you're saved and you have that relationship with Jesus. If you don't, you ought to make it right today. Number two, your contentment is in your perspective in life. Maybe you're not looking at life right. You're not looking at it through the lens of God's Word and through the lens of God's will. Maybe you need to pray that God would change your perspective so that you will have the contentment in Christ. Number three, your contentment will be in the proper priorities in life. Maybe you're going after the wrong things and you suddenly realize I'm chasing a dream that won't take me anywhere. And I need to begin pursuing the prize that we looked at some weeks ago, which is Christ. And then number four, the true contentment is in the power source of Christ Jesus, which dwells in you, which is the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit does not have control of you, you're attempting to have control of Him. And if you're attempting to have control of Him, it won't get you that true contentment you need being satisfied in Christ. You must allow the power source of the Holy Spirit to guide you and to teach you and to take you along in life. Now, if you could have contentment on your own, Jesus didn't have to leave heaven. If you could have true contentment on your own, Jesus didn't have to be born in that manger of Bethlehem. If you could have true contentment on your own, Jesus didn't have to suffer and die. If you can have true contentment on your own, he didn't have to be resurrected again and go back to heaven to make intercession for our sin. And if you can be content on your own, he don't have to come back to earth and get us to take us home with him to live forever. But we can't have true contentment on our own. Your true contentment is in Jesus, and your prayer should be this. Give me Jesus. 
give me Jesus. If you don't have salvation, give me Jesus as for salvation. If you do have salvation, but you're not going in the right direction, God, let me have a proper commitment to you. Let me have proper perspective in life for you. Let me have the proper priority. Uh, all of these things that we talked about need to be in you. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer as we get ready for the closing of today's sermon? trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday School videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just search in the search engine for Portland General Baptist Church. Subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.